Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. Tonight, I have a co-host with me, Sandra, and we are proud to announce our guest speaker, who is Cynthia Ramirez with Calvary Commission. Cynthia, go ahead and introduce yourself and start with your testimony. Hello, my name is Cynthia Ramirez. I am with Calvary Commission. I want to be sharing my testimony uh, this evening and hopefully it will be um, a time where it could bring hope to those who will listen. And um, I'm grateful that I'm able to share what God has done in my life. First of all, I want to say that I am a mother of five. And um, I'm very grateful for prison. It was a prison where I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, And uh, it's been a great, um, it's been it's been good. I'm just grateful for that. One of the things that I have learned um, in prison was that there's three things that the Lord has um, saved us for. And number one is that He wants to. He's after His glory. Number two, He is seeking His reward because of the price that He paid on Calvary. Uh, and number three is expanding the kingdom of God because He wants to use each one of us to extend the kingdom of God. And the word of God says that an eye has not seen, an ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men what God has prepared for those who love him. I knew all my life that there was a God. I just never knew this God. And so at the age of uh, 13, I was married. Um, um, It didn't last for maybe about a month. And uh, then I got an annulment. Uh, at the age, then at the age of 14, I was able, I met this young man, and anyway, I got pregnant from, and I had a son, I was almost 15 years old, and life goes on, as they say in the world, you're always looking for love in the wrong places, so uh, through all of that, time goes by, and um, I, I, so I had four more children later on. I started doing drugs when I was 15 years old. I was uh, doing heroin. I didn't know what doors I was opening at the time because nobody ever told me anything. Um, And that's what the enemy does. He, uh, sometimes you're always trying to kill a pain that doesn't seem to go away. And uh, that started my life of being uh, getting high most of my life, and uh, it took me to prison. And so I know what it is to be out there in the streets. I know what it is. I lost my children for 15 years without seeing my children. I lost home. I lost everything. I've been going to prison for 16 years of my life. I was released in 1998, um, but. Through all of that, um, the Lord was able to, uh, well, now I can see the the way that, uh, how the word says that the devil comes to kill and to steal and to destroy, but Jesus comes to give us life and life in abundance. And through all of this, I 
I know uh, I can relate to people in the world for the reason that I know how it is to be abused by man and doing drugs, having nowhere to sleep at times. And I've overdosed uh, 13 times that I can remember. And um, But anyway, I kept going back to prison, going back to prison. And then back in 1996, I had an encounter with, uh, with death. And I saw demons pulling me from my feet. I knew that there was a God. But this time when I saw these demons pulling my feet, I felt something grab me under my arms. And I looked back and it was, nobody was there. I was, um, the officers already knew me because even the, when you're out there in the world, even the devil changes your name. Um, they used to call me Rosa and other names besides all of that. And, and, um, uh, even, you know, the enemy will change your name, but my name is Cynthia. So um, they took me to the hospital, and the policeman uh, had told me, you know, they called me by Rosa. They said, well, so whenever they finish with you, give us a call, and we'll pick you up. Um, um, you know that a drug addict is not going to call the policeman to come and pick you up. And anyway, when I got out of the emergency room, I walked out, and there was a taxi waiting Outside, he said, if I needed a taxi, I told him I didn't have any money. And he said, I'll take you wherever you want. And today I can understand how the enemy has instruments to uh, continue to destroy it. So anyway, I went with his taxi. I went back to the drug house after I had just OD'd. And uh, I went back and I still got some more drugs. And I went back to the house. And anyway, the next day I was um, I was uh, waiting for the guy that brings the drugs and there was a knock on my door. When I opened the door, it was the policeman. They had a warrant for my arrest. And immediately this last time that I went to prison, I knew that it was an appointment with God for the reason that when I went to the county, um, I went that night, I was kicking heroin and, and um, uh, they, I went to court that morning and the, and that same night I pulled chain with the, they say that you pull chain to prison, so I went right to prison. And that's when I found myself uh, pretending again and asking God to forgive me because the only thing that you want to do is die. You don't want to do no more more time. I mean, this is, I've been going to prison for the past 16 years of my life. But anyway, this last time, it was an appointment from the Lord. Uh, um, after I repented, I one night I was asleep and he came and I, I, right in, I had an outer voice tell me, it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. He told me that morning and I, then later on that day, I went and took a nap and I woke up again and he told me the same thing came, that same voice came and he said, it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. I didn't know that it was in the Bible. I knew there was a God, but I didn't know the God. But um, um, so uh, anyway, I started going to church there in prison, and I uh, dedicated my life to him, and they said that since I was a Christian, I had to start reading the Bible, and I remember when I started reading the Bible that I didn't understand anything, but I knew that I had to read it, and, uh, and I just kept picking it up and picking it up, and all of a sudden, it just became real to me. And one of the things, you know, and I fell in love with this word, and I wanted to obey, I wanted to obey God. Um, but one, one of the things that I felt that the Lord told me was to shut my mouth and don't be like the devil anymore, because when you go to prison, all you know how to do is fight. 
and that's all I've known all my life is to fight and, and protect myself. But this time I heard the voice clearly where he said, shut your mouth and don't be like the devil. So the Lord was working in the prison because he was equipping me before when I came out, but I didn't understand at the time. And um, when the enemy has a hold of you, he won't let you go that easy because all like the inmates started coming at me and telling me I don't like you and and uh, just coming right to my face and, and they would say, I don't like you. And I would just say, you know, well, praise the Lord. I, I felt like a little flea. But I would go and pray the little bit that I knew, and then I would see God fight for me. And so I felt that this God fights better than I do. So I started just praying for people and, and, and obeying God. And so I started hearing inmates that would say, you can't tear down Ramirez because she's walking with God, which is a privilege that people can see that God was really working in my life because I had gotten real with God. And so I... I'm grateful for that uh, experience that, that I had. There is a scripture that I would like to um, share with you, and it is in Romans uh, 6 from 15 to 23. <clears throat> it says, from slaves of sin to slaves of God. And I'm sharing this word just to give you a little background of my testimony, which is why the Lord told me to obey now and understand later, and why he told me to shut my mouth and don't be like the enemy, because he was preparing me for ministry. And this shut your mouth and don't be like the enemy has kept me 18 years. I've been out 18 years. So I just, um, it, it really works, because you learn to fight different. But the scripture says, he says, why then? Uh, what then? Shall we sin because we are under the law? But, uh, we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obey from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the witnesses of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawliness leading to more lawliness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard of righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have the fruit, your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I like this. For now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have the fruit to holiness and the end to everlasting life. I, 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 I like this scripture for the reason that the Lord was preparing me. When I got out in 1998, I came to this place called Calvary Commission. It's a college, uh, international college of missions. So I came from prison to a college, 
and that is only the Lord doing this. Because the Lord was, I, I love God, and he was preparing the ministry. I just didn't know how to walk with God. And, um, and one of the things that when I was in prison, I worked in the kitchen, and then becoming a Christian and coming to Calvary Commission, I was, my job was to, uh, was put in, in, in the kitchen. And I didn't understand that. I thought being a Christian was going to be different. But the Lord is working in us to prepare us for greater things. Anyway, I was in that kitchen. I was very content uh, cooking and I would cook for a hundred people and I thought that was my ministry. I didn't know what an evangelist was. I didn't know anything. I just know that I love God and God was preparing me for what he was bringing my way and he saw that I was content. After I saw that he saw that I was content, I only have a sixth grade education. I don't have the education, but I know that with God, he doesn't look for education. He looks for a heart that is willing to obey and is willing to go. And that's what what he has put in my heart. And so uh, after working about six years in, in the kitchen, they started calling me out to come and teach a class, which I didn't know. I said, what do I do? They said, pray. And then they started uh, asking me to lead a team to the prisons and and the same thing, well, I still do that today. And I'm, I'm saying all this to say this, that the Lord was preparing me because, as I had said before, I had lost my children for 15 years. I had no idea where they were at. And um, the Lord, through the obedience, he starts, um, as he says, he will restore everything that the enemy has stolen. And he has done that very well in my life. Uh, Anyway, um, one of my daughters, the youngest daughter, she had, um, I, don't, I didn't know where she was at because her, when I went to prison this last time, her father had took her when she was very small, so I didn't hear from her. I didn't know where she was at. He stole her from me. And I had been here with Calvary Commission for about two years, and I got a phone call from her uh, saying that her father was abusing her and et cetera and et cetera, and uh, I wanted to go and and just get her, but, it, it, you know, now that I was a Christian, I didn't want to do it the way I wanted to do it, the right way as a Christian does, and I got the policeman involved, and I went to Florida, he had taken her to Florida, and I took a bus down there, and and there's a testimony in that, anyway, the Lord gave me favor, and I brought my daughter with me. I didn't know um, about my daughter uh, being abused by her father. She had been sexually abused when she was five years old by him. And then she got sexually abused by one of her stepbrothers when she was 11 years old. So she came to live with me when she was 14 years old. And the Lord had prepared me when he told me to shut my mouth and don't be like the devil. In other words, you're not going to fight the way that you used to fight. You're going to fight different. You're going to kill with kindness. And so when my daughter came living with me, I mean, now I'm a Christian, and and um, she, she, didn't, she didn't like me. She hated, she hated me. She didn't know me like a mother. I didn't know her like a daughter. And so... Um, it was a very dark time in my life, but I knew that God was with me. And I, um, she would tell me, I hate you. Where were you? Why two? Why not one? And, and she would cuss me out. And, and I started just um, calling and asking the Lord to console me in situations because I didn't know what to do. 
like one day I walked in my house and I had, I, I opened my door and I had uh, notes from her from the front door all the way, all the way to my bedroom on top of the table, all the way. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. And I hate you. I went and I knelt down with the Lord and I told the Lord to counsel me. And when I got up from my knees, he told me to turn, turn it around. So when she got back from school, uh, she had notes from the front door all the way to her bedroom. I love you. I love you. I love you. And Jesus loves you. So the Lord was showing me how to turn things around uh, because he had told me that I couldn't, uh, I couldn't fight anymore. And, and that is in, uh, in scripture where he says in Second Timothy chapter uh, 2, 24, he said, And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach patience and humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by, by him to do his will. I knew that my daughter, that the Lord had brought my daughter into my life. And one of the things that the Lord had showed me, he said, I never brought your daughter back into your life to bring you any sorrow. And Proverbs 10.22 says, the blessings of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Whatever things that I was going through with my child or whatever you're going through, nothing comes into our lives to bring us any sorrow but to make us rich in the Lord so that he can be glorified. One day, his, um, um, you know, she didn't have a problem to tell me how much she hated me, but she was she was hurting. She was angry. She didn't know me like a mother because all those things, like the scripture says that the devil comes to steal and to kill and to destroy, it had been, it was evident in my, in my life. But she saw that I love the Lord, that every time she would, uh, she would cuss me out. I would just go, Lord, with that mouth she's going to preach. I would turn it around and turn it around and turn it around, not knowing that the Lord was using these things to equip the ministry that he's raising up in me to send it out forth into the nations. And I'm, uh, and I'm grateful to God. It's like he said, obey me now, understand later. I didn't know how to walk with the Lord. And that's where Calvary Commission has been an instrument to teach me how to walk with, with a living God, with a holy God. And, and I am grateful for that. There is many things that, that I have learned in, in my walk with the Lord, and that is trust his time and trust his plan and trust his power. Amen. And and he also said, keep strive out of the ministry. We don't have time to be striving. We pray and we watch. And God does a better job than we do. And then one day, um, her teacher had called me that he does, she didn't want my um, my daughter in her class because she was very rude. Of course, she never knew what authority was, and she didn't know how to submit to authority. So she was rude to her teacher, and her teacher knew that I was with Calvary Commission. She knew that I was a missionary. So uh, when I went and I had a meeting with her, it was my daughter, her, and the teacher. And my daughter was telling me to shut up, and she was just telling me, shut up and shut up. And I never, it, it didn't move me because God had worked in my heart in prison 
when he was preparing me for whatever he was bringing to me that I didn't know that he was bringing my child. And I knew that my child is blessed because according to the word of God, he says that my children are blessed. So the teacher was seeing that she was telling me to shut up and, and the teacher uh, tells Carla, Carla, if that would have been my mother, she would have had me pinned down to the wall. I said, ma'am, you don't understand. My daughter doesn't know me as a mother, and she has every right to be angry because I wasn't there to protect her. And she says, well, now I'm going to preach to your daughter. And I I saw how God just changes things, and so she told my daughter, Carla, I'm going to keep you in my room, and um, I love you, and I'm going to keep you in my room. And uh, so then after my daughter went for lunch, the teacher, she prayed for me. And she said, I'm going to take your daughter as my mission field because I'm out there talking to somebody's kid or somebody's child. And now the Lord was using her to come and speak to my own child. And that's what God does. Because when I went to that meeting, when she told me that she did not want my daughter in her room, these are the words that I told the Lord. The preparation of the heart belongs to man. But the answer of the tongue is of the Lord. What do you have to say? And that's how the Lord moved this teacher's heart because the mama prayed because I know that God has the last word for everyone's life. Amen. And that's why we got to do it his way and not our way. There's so many things that I can uh, I can testify and that I've been through, but it's all because the Lord was equipping the, the ministry. One day we went to a mission trip, and when we came back, she was about 15 years old, and um, and she uh, uh, they, um, um, I, she wanted to go somewhere, and I said, Carla, we just got back from Mexico, and I had just taken a shower. I was waiting for one of my nephews to come and pick me up, and we're going to go somewhere because she was going to go with me. And I had just opened a bottle of water. And um, she came and she grabbed my bottle of water and she threw it all. She just poured it out of my head. And all I could do was just worship the Lord for counting me worthy to participate from the cup of suffering. And I would hear her. I would hear from her, the enemy, saying it feels good, but I never spoke. Jesus never spoke when he was going to the cross because he knew where he was going. And I knew that God had told me to shut my mouth and don't be like the enemy. I could have fought with her. I could have defended myself, but I'm fighting different. And so when her, she finished the bottle, I went into the bedroom, I went into the restroom, and I locked myself there. And I got in a corner, started weeping for her soul. She came and knocked on the door, and uh, I didn't open it. And so she came and brought a butter, um, a knife, and she opened the door, and she took my my wet shirt and put me a, a dry shirt, and she held me, and she told me, forgive me, Mommy. You know, those things, we got to be sometimes um, an instrument in the home for the physician as he works in the hearts of people. And so that is only a testimony for God. There is many much more that he is um that that i can testify uh, about that anyway my daughter was able to finish school uh she graduated she is uh 29 years old right now so we're still in contact plus the lord has 
restored all my children. I have five. I have 13 grandchildren, and I have one great-granddaughter. And in 2015, after about 30 years, he allowed me to see all my children and my grandchildren. They all came together for my birthday for the first time. But I know them all, but they were all together at once. And I am believing God that he is doing a work and he's doing an awesome work because if he could save me, he can save anyone. And when nobody gives a penny for you, the Lord gave his life for you. And I, that, that's an encouragement that I can give to people because there is people that will not give a penny for a drug addict, but the Lord gave his life for that drug addict, for that drunk, or for that person that you think that will never change because they always told me that I will never change. And not only that, I want to share this testimony. The father of my daughter that sexually abused her, I was, everybody had left him. They, he, was, he lived here in the state for like 30-something years, and then they took him, uh, anyway, the immigration took him to Mexico, and he gave me a call. He wanted to talk to my daughter. My daughter didn't want to have nothing to do with him. But as a minister and as a child of God, I wasn't thinking about what he had done to my daughter. I was thinking about his soul, that he could be lost forever in hell. And so I, uh, he would call me, and he told me he was sick. And I go to Mexico very, very often and do a lot of uh, ministry down in Mexico. I've been working in Mexico down 15 years. And uh, anyway, uh, one day I uh, went to his door and I told him that God loved him. And he said, I don't want to hear about this God, you know. And I said, you remember the person that you said that was never going to change, that I was going to be a drug addict and always a drug addict. I said, it is the instrument that God is bringing into your life to show you that he does change. I said, I'm going to be preaching here in Reynosa and I invite you. And I gave him the address. When I got to that church that I was going to preach, I, uh, he was the first one that was there in the church. He was there. I preached. I never said anything of what he's done. I just gave my testimony. I sang, and I preached. And when I made the altar call, he was the first one that came to the altar call. He said, I've been a bad man, and he repented. And the Lord, uh, you know, the Lord is the judge, and he, so he repented. So I had the privilege and the honor to bring him into salvation and I had been asking my daughter you need to forgive your father not for his sake but for your sake or else you're going to be a miserable young lady and she kept saying no and no for about five years I kept telling her and when I would go to Mexico I said Carla I'm going to Mexico I'll be over there and one day out of the blue she called me and she said mommy I'm going to Mexico pick me up at the, at the bus station. She went and she saw her father. And we were both feeding the same man that abused us, the same man that has done so much to us. Because this man, one day he hit me with a two by four on my feet. I couldn't even walk. One day he also uh, hit me with an iron on my head. So I know what it is to be abused. I know what it is to have a man that is jealous, that you always have to be looking behind you because you never know if they're going to kill you. But anyway, those are that's part of the testimony of the Lord. So um, I am so grateful for that. And um, and um, anyway, I'm, I'm I'm so grateful and and thankful. And I also know that God doesn't flatter us. He always speaks truth to me. I don't want him to flatter me. I don't want people to tell me 
things. I want the truth, and I want the Word of God. Amen. So today, through that obedience, I have seen um, um, God um, trust me with, uh, you know, working um, in working in, in prisons. I've been, I go to, um, I've been working, I just got back from uh, a mission trip. I just got back on the 12th of this month, and uh, my next trip, I will be leaving to India in uh February the 20th, right on my birthday. So that's the best birthday that the Lord can give me to trust me to take me to India. Uh, we have a three-day um, conference, uh, women's conference, and I will be teaching in a, uh, a college, of a Bible college on evangelism. And, um, you know, it's just like the Lord said, you know, and I has not seen, I has not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for those who love him. And also that I lost my children for 15 years and the Lord has entrusted me with an orphanage in India with 80 kids. And that's, uh, that's only for God's glory. So I'm over an, an orphanage in India. Um, I've been working also in Israel. We've been doing mission work with uh, um, Muslims and um, we've uh, also uh, been to the prisons in Africa, in Romania, uh, Nicaragua. Um, Mexico, uh, when I go to these places and I see that uh, children are incarcerated with their mothers and the condition that they live, I always say that United States, uh, the prisons here in the States, is like a five-star hotel. And I still see people complaining. But if they were in these places, like in Mexico and, and all these other places, they, have, they would be grateful. And uh, so I can see um, that's one of the the things uh, that I am seeing. Uh, the Lord has given me the privilege to record a couple of CDs. Um, I used to sing in the in the world. Now I sing for Jesus, and and I'm grateful for for that. I'm grateful for the people that He has placed in my life. I don't know who, where, or when. I just know that He's faithful. And that when God calls, he provides. And uh, he knows that I'm not in it for anything else but to, um, to for people. I just want to help people because I know the hell is real. I know that the, the clutches of the enemy, I know being bound by the enemy, I only want to help people to get out those uh, those dark places and bring hope and um, I'm also working here in the States uh, I over some prisons, women's prisons. Uh, one day I was in my hometown, and uh, I was on my way somewhere. Anyway, I stopped at a stop sign, and I looked up, and when I looked up, it says uh, Alice County Jail. And so I felt I heard a voice said, go there. So I just obeyed the voice, and I and I went, and... I parked my car, went in the in the prison, and I mean in the in the jail, and punched the pick picket, and I said, "I'm a minister, and I want to minister to you, ladies." And they said, "Just have a, a seat through the through the um, uh, through the speaker." And so anyway, they just told me, "Just go on in." I didn't see anyone. They didn't ask me for any ID, and the Lord uh, allowed me to. They brought me through prisoners, and so I started testifying about how I had been in prison and. And anyway, the Lord gave me the privilege to bring all three 
uh, to salvation, and that was like on uh, on a on a Tuesday, and then on a Thursday, I'm at my son's house, and uh, the television is on, and the doors they close from uh, like uh, like the prison doors, and I felt a, a voice say to go to the jail, and what happened was that that I said, well, Lord, how am I going to get a service at, at 7 o'clock? But anyway, I just obeyed, and I called to the county jail, and they said, I said, I'm a minister, and I want to minister to you ladies. And uh, they said, well, can you be here at 7.30? And you know when God is when God is in control of everything. So I went, I got on the, my car, and I went, and from those three prisoners, they brought me one. And this young lady told me, she said, I was praying that you would come. I have to go to court tomorrow, Friday, and my lawyer wants me to lie. I did not know what she had done because I never asked them what they've done. Anyways, um, I said, she says, I need your counsel. I said, okay, I'll give you my counsel. I said, if you are ready to take responsibility for what you've done, then God will extend mercy. And if not, you're going to be, you're going to continue to run on your life. And so she took responsibility. This young lady, I didn't know what she had done. She had killed this man and then she burned the house. So they were going to give her uh, a death penalty, but they gave her 78 years old. She was 24 years old. She was the instrument that God used to bring her mother and her father into the kingdom of God. But then she started looking outside, means she started getting away from the things of God and looked to the world. And when she looked to the world, that's when she committed the crime. And that's how the enemy is. He is roaring around to see whom he can devour. And we have to be very careful. The scripture says to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time for the days are evil. And one of the things that I have learned, that I have learned that God, a lot of people, we want to serve the Lord. We want to have that relationship with God. But we must consider the price that it will cost to follow Jesus. But people only want a contract, not a relationship. A contract is when you're still in control and you still want to do what you want to do. But a relationship is not what you're going to do. It is what the God of the Bible tells you to do. It's obey now, understand later. Amen. And one of the things is that the church is full of orphans, but God is looking for daughters and sons, not for orphans. Orphans are still not knowing who their daddy is, and they start complaining, and they start being slaves. But God is looking for servants, and he's looking for a daughter and for sons. May the Lord bless you tonight, and I thank you for giving me this opportunity to share a little bit about what God has done in my life. And I thank God for just uh, just know that it's, uh, it's such an honor and a privilege. One day I said, Lord, it's hard to be a Christian. And he reminded me quick. He said, no, it was hard when you didn't have me. And so now I say, Lord, it's a privilege to be a Christian, and it is a privilege and an honor to serve the living God. And it's not what we want. It's what he wants. So we obey now, and we understand later. May the Lord bless you, and uh, and just just, um, just remember to um, just remember when nobody gives nothing for or your loved one, just remember that God gave his life, that he gave his son, Jesus, for that soul. Amen. Prayers do work. Do not become weary in doing well. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. And you'll see that one day the Lord will raise that child. In Jesus' name. 
Well, Cynthia, that was um, a wonderful uh, boasting in the Lord and giving him praise. I learned a lot listening to your testimony, especially about keeping your mouth shut and turning it the other direction. That, uh, that, was, that was powerful. Thank you. But one last thing. Why don't you take the opportunity before we go further, why don't you pray over people's circumstances or however the Lord would have you uh, be led on um, the people who are listening and what they're in and involved in. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I just come before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I do thank you that you are the God that rules and reigns in the affairs of men. And, Father, you said that you perfect those things that concern us, Lord. And, Father, you see the concerns of your people. You see the ones that are listening, the ones that are going to listen. And, Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus that you will continue to give them eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. Father, I pray that you give them the grace and the courage and the love and the joy to continue to run this race and finish it with joy. Lord, I pray that you will arise in the behalf of your people and that you will push back every power of principalities, every powers of darkness, every spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Father, it is a privilege, it is an honor that you have called us for such a time as this. Lord, I pray that you will for those who are discouraged, that are tired and weary in the battle, Lord, I pray that you will replenish them, that you will strengthen them, that you will refresh the calling in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, I thank you so much. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us and, and directs us into all truth. And Lord, you didn't waste anything. You didn't make any trash. And Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that we will see our people, that we will see our family, that we will see people as you see them, Lord, because they have value. And Lord, we know that hell is very real. And Father, I just pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will help us, Holy Spirit, to be an example. And that when we speak to a soul, Lord, that they will listen because it will be you speaking. And Lord, once again, I thank you once again, for those who are listening, Lord, I pray that you will bless them with your presence, you will bless them with your love and with your mercy. And Lord, I thank you for their families, for those who are in prison, for those who have not known you yet. We pray that you will turn them from darkness to light, that you will remove the blinders, the scales and the yoke, that you will break those chains of sin, bring salvation, bring repentance, and bring conviction of the Holy Spirit. And we declare this night that our children, our family will serve the living God. And we bless you and we thank you, Lord. And Father, for those who are sick, Lord, I pray that you will extend your healing power, the bomb of Gilead, and that you will heal their soul, my Lord. Prosper their soul that they may be in good health. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bless you and we thank you, Lord, because it is done. I speak healing, 
I speak blessings, and I speak the peace that surpasses all understanding. It is an honor and a privilege to trust in the living God. And, Father, we bless you tonight. Bless Julie and bless this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen and amen. amen. Sandra, do you have anything? Well, well, I'm here, but I've I've been crying so hard. I've known Cynthia for like 16 years, and I've I've watched her when she came to Calvary Commission. That's where I met her. I watched her grow in the Lord, and then he began to restore to her. And you heard her tell her testimony, all the things that the Lord restored. And then how she's traveled all over the world spreading the gospel. So we're going to do a, a program when she returns from India in Spanish, all in Spanish. So you get to preach oh, as good in Spanish as you do in English, darling. That's so right. I, I just praise God that that we were able to hear. And her testimony is in Joe Foss's book, Challenge of the Impossible. And he says, discovering beautiful trophies for Jesus. And he counts everyone that that they've ministered to in Calvary. Everyone that comes to the Lord is a a beautiful trophy for Jesus. So we thank you tonight that I believe that a lot of people will become trophies for Jesus after hearing your testimony. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you so much, dear. Really appreciate it. One uh, more thing. Go ahead. One more thing I'd like to say. You know, uh, the Lord said, give me a chance. You've never given me a chance. And we're never going to get to know someone unless we hang around with them. So hang around with Jesus and something's going to happen. Not just a contract, but a relationship. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, until (laughs) next time, blessings. Blessings in India. And that's a wrap. Okay, I love you. Bye.
fracaso, yo fracaso.